Oh, okay. nice name. Fancy girl. I have the option to leave. I will leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> if well, we're being recorded. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is fun. Yeah. Well, we're being recorded. Fuck that. I don't know that is. <laughs> um, welcome. Welcome. Hello, I'm Nako Narder. Thank you. I'm Emily Walborn. And this is Half Asian. Half Hour. Today we are joined by a special guest, my friend, Jen Hong. Hello. I feel like I messed up that intro where No, <laughs> it was organic. It was cheeky. It was, okay. was mumblecore. Um, Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thank you for recommending this movie, which neither Emily nor I had seen. Yeah, it's been a while since I recommended it. So I'm glad you guys watched it. It's been like a week. I feel like we got on it pretty fast. <laughs> I've, I've talked to Nako about it like a while ago. Okay. Well, then that's yeah. on me. How many times would you say you have seen this movie? I was actually thinking about that, like coming on to this. I think I've seen it about 10 times now. <gasps> which oh. is, that's, I think, that, I think that's a lot, especially for this movie in particular. It's one, very long. Yeah, you spent like yeah. 30 hours of your life watching this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's pretty it's a it's an intense movie it is is it one of your favorite movies it is it's pretty up there I think it's safe to say (laughs) you also typically like like a slow burn or like a dark like you kind of like these like I do I'm I'm a big like into thrillers so I like that Mm -hmm. and it's like fucked up and he's also Park Chanuk's like one of my favorite directors Mm. have you guys seen any of his other stuff I've seen old boy I want to see Old Boy. Okay, yeah. that's a good. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I'm curious what your your guys's initial thoughts were. Granted, you guys saw it like really recently, so curious what your thoughts were. I loved this. This was like one of the best movies I've ever seen. I think. Really. Yeah, I just felt like so much happened, and like. I know they were like burning through it was the pacing (laughs) is so fast I was like what Mm -hmm. what is gonna happen in this movie because you get like like 30 minutes in and you're like okay so they're already in love like what else is (laughs) left (laughs) did you you guys go into this with a blank slate like did you see the trailer oh you didn't even watch the trailer I think I had seen the trailer when it came out all I knew going into it was I was like it's about a Japanese woman who's mean to a Korean woman Oh, that's all you know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I knew just like the basic plot, kind of. But not like the big like. Not any of the twists. The erotica. I, yeah. <laughs> no. Nothing, and I knew it was nothing. very sexual. Okay. Okay. That's what I was getting. To, I, like, I did not people... know that. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it I mean, was, good for them. <laughs> yeah, it was more sexual than even I thought. So, <laughs> was possible. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. So it starts with. There's a girl leaving her family in her village to go work for a Jap, their words and mine. And they're like crying and they're very sad. And then we start on part one and it's her. She's going to have to go work as a handmaiden for this like wealthy Japanese woman. When does this take place? Like 1930s, like, like Japanese occupied Korea. So it's during that time. So far, it just seems like it's going to be a really hard job where everyone's going to be mean to her. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. <laughs> I, then I'd say things start to heat up pretty quick. Pretty damn quick. <laughs> I know very little about the, Jack- the Japanese occupation of Korea or the annexing, as they called it, in this. So I was kind of just trying to glean what I could from it. And maybe I should have 
known more about it going in do you feel like you know a lot about it not really the history like not in depth in the um to connect it with the movie mm-hmm. but like everything that happened within the movie made sense to me mm-hmm. but yeah as far as like my knowledge on that history mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah me either. <laughs> other than that it happened <laughs> yeah so I guess it is a sh- they're Korean but they have kind of decided to become Japanese yeah and so they like speak Japanese but they are culturally Korean. yeah yes like ethnically they're Korean but then they just like they learn Japanese they they take on that culture as like their native yeah mm-hmm. yeah they seem like they were very not obsessed but like very into Japanese culture mm-hmm. and just like the architecture of their house and I know because when Miss Sasaki is like this house was designed to have the Japanese style and the Western style to show admiration for those two countries and I was like okay if you're obsessed with those two countries then why are you in fucking Korea? But I, I don't think I don't think it, obsession is the right word I would just say because of the settlement there they it kind of it was they had to adjust kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it seemed like it was less about Japanese culture and more about like the culture of power mm-hmm. yeah like kind of forced on them they had to like learn to adjust and just Mm -hmm. take on the culture Mm -hmm. yeah and so they tell well so far the main girl's name is okju but then they tell her she has to change her name to a japanese name and then it's going to change again but right like three times (laughs) three different names yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it goes from okju to tanako the house is like very like western very palatial but we're hearing mm-hmm. like asian flute music which i thought was cool like the cinematography on this was gorgeous nuts. like all the details was yeah. so beautiful good. yeah mm-hmm. and she sleeps in a little cupboard outside of lady hideko's room and then lady hideko has uh, night terrors and her japanese is so good and at one of those screenings like a japanese reporter was like your japanese is so good good job oh that's so cool i never knew that it was cool hearing Japanese with a Korean accent. I had never heard mm. that. So then we get Okju's backstory. Um, she's actually Suki, and she was not. It like we think she was raised in this like orphanage, but it turns out it was basically this like I don't know. This woman teaches these people how to become like pickpockets. And, right. Like, Grew up with a bunch of like con artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's good at detecting forgeries. And it's like, I think they say a couple of times her mom is like one of the best thieves or was mm-hmm. one of the best thieves or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then this guy comes to their house. We'll call him the Count. Mm-hmm. And he said that this guy and the heir is his niece. So he wants to plan to seduce and marry her and then declare her insane so that he can get her fortune. But he needs mm-hmm. he to be maid and do some recon and convince her to be seduced and she's like fine but i want more money girl boss that's what i said when that happened i was like get it good job (laughs) yeah yeah she's great right off the bat you like her and then lady hideko says i'll teach you how to read and then bounces and so he tries on all her reading her reading lessons Mm -hmm. with her uncle who (laughs) sucks so bad um to say the least. Dirty, dirty old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he was a great character. He's very creepy. Yeah. yeah. He's that almost like, like a cartoon villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the eyebrows. And the yeah. mustache, yeah. And the mustache, yeah. <laughs> Then Suki gives Hideko a bath, and Hideko says her tooth hurts. <laughs> um, 
And so, you know, uh, so Suki, I guess, smooths her tooth down. Files it. I think. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah she, that's exactly what it is. She files it like with that little thumb thing. I think yeah, that's yeah. like the start of that's when that's like when you get the first glimpse of, oh, they're it's going to get interesting with them. Like this is going to get yeah. real. Yeah, it's getting, that's the it's first getting heated yeah up. yeah uh yeah that was at the point where i was like okay we're going like quickly <laughs> yeah. we're really moving along <laughs> i thought the camera work here was so good like it really showed i i think we talked about this in the namesake but like the way that they were showing intimacy i mean they did like show her boobs but they also would show like her hand on the back of her neck or like just like just like different details of like a woman mm-hmm. that like are very mm-hmm. intimate and like the way that it was shot like she has her hand on the back of her neck and she's like sanding her tooth and you're like this is like more intimate than sex like it is so insanely like charged and I thought it was like the camera work was so good then the fake count comes back and he gives her some earrings to give to Hideko. She can tell that they're knockoffs. And then she says it and she's trying to play it up. I was like, oh, why'd you say that? <laughs> right. She says that they're knockoffs. Yeah. Well, because she's starting, you know, maybe cares about Hideko a little bit. So I thought that they had really good chemistry. I thought the guy who played the count, I just thought that they played off each other very well. They're very good. Yeah, I agree. See, the count is the count is there to give her painting lessons, supposedly. Um, yeah. So, you know, they do painting lessons. I will Um, say later, you see that he is really good at painting and she is not at all. That was really funny. That was a really funny review. (laughs) This movie was also like, had a lot of very funny moments. It's true. Yeah. There's like, there was kind of like a silliness to it Mm -hmm. and like a playfulness to Mm -hmm. it that you wouldn't really expect in a, a film like this. Yeah. And it wasn't like acknowledged jokes, like the reveal of her painting being bad or like there's just some <laughs> shots where like there's something in the background where you're like, that is funny, but none of the characters are acknowledging it. Right. Yeah. The camera work is like, it catches everything. And I think it's it's like the re- reactions are like the best thing. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, once once you go deeper and you will see every scene in like different perspectives and then mm-hmm. those are like all the reactions. And that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very layered. Suki says that when her mom was hanged, she like laughed, which kind of explains why Suki keeps like laughing at very tense moments. Yeah, I love when she laughs though. It's yeah. like, really, tw- it's really twisted, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it like kept coming up. It was like very much mm-hmm. red. And then they get it on. They get it on. It is like an extremely graphic. All the sex scenes are, I would say, extremely graphic. And yeah. Other than there was a female crew member who was holding the boom, but other than that, there were no people present in the room. Yeah. No men present. And then they just like filmed it with like a camera remotely, which I Mm -hmm. appreciated. Mm -hmm. And also he gave an interview where he talks about, he says, by violence, we mostly mean physical harm or gunfire. But to me, The Handmaiden may be the most violent of my movies because it's about violent gaze and thinking. For instance, during the reading scene, a group of men hurt a woman without even touching her because they make her a sexual object. I love that scene. That's awesome. It's yeah. creepy yes. as fuck. It's yes. really, yeah, disturbing. Yeah. So then her uncle goes away for a week. And before that, he says, always remember the basement, which is normal. And I always say that when I go on a trip. Um, <laughs> Never forget the basement. Yeah. <laughs> and so, You have your freedom, but just don't forget the basement. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Jen said that to us right before we started recording. Yeah, exactly. 
very common phrase <laughs> so then this is their chance the three of them the count suki and hideko all escape to japan to elope and then these guys come to evaluate her sanity and they come to the mental hospital but instead they check suki in and they're calling her mm-hmm. the countess mm-hmm. and uh she gets carried away and hideko laughs twist twist yeah this first is twist mm-hmm. yeah what did you guys think was happening the first time you saw this? Well, the first time I saw this was years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what ago. was going, going, <laughs> going through my head. I definitely, I definitely knew that there was more. I was like, this isn't like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't miss something, did I? I was like trying to like reassure myself. I was like, I'm not missing anything. Mm-hmm. But I was like, there's definitely something going on mm-hmm. that's going to be revealed soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I definitely fell for it a little bit. I was like, what is Hideko doing? I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, but I was like, ready to get strapped in. Her? <laughs> I was yeah. so confused. <laughs> yeah. And then you think back on like Hideko when they're in Japan and they're like just in that like house. She's like, let's play maid again. And like this woman is spying on them. And I was like, oh, they like made it seem like she's actually the countess or anyway. So now we're in part two. Mm-hmm. We flash back to a young Hideko. And um, her aunt's also teaching her how to read. But they're mm-hmm. reading very sexual stories. Yeah. They're, that's the, also the crazy thing is at first, when the Count first comes in and he's like, there's this like famous bookmaker. He needs forgeries because he like doesn't want people to have his book collection. Like his whole thing is his book collection. Mm-hmm. And it's all porn, which like, that's fine. But... <laughs> What's not fine is that he forces her aunt and then her to like read it for a bunch of gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that's your whole thing, dude, is just spending like so much money on these books of porn and then mm-hmm. having your niece read it to you, you psycho. Well, first it's her aunt that reads, mm-hmm. has to read it mm-hmm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she hangs herself. And then eventually. Yeah. Um, she, she takes over. over. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of go back through everything from her point of view. Yeah. We see them like manipulating mm-hmm. um, Tamako, and uh, but we still see them fall in love. Yeah. Yes. Which is always the wrench in the plan. Yeah. We see the sex scene again, which. The extended version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The extended cut. Yeah. Um, just in case anyone missed it the first time around, <laughs> they wanted to just right. sort of yeah. hammer it home. Mm-hmm. It does end with them joining hands, which I thought was nice. Kind of reminded me of like Glow. Kind of just anytime women are like, let's wear <laughs> this together. <laughs> yeah. Real female empowerment moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I do, I really do like that, like, obviously they filmed it in a way that would make the actresses, like, feel comfortable. But I was still, like, I think if a woman directed this, these scenes, there wouldn't be this much, like, nudity. And there wouldn't be these, this many, like, graphic sex scenes. Like, I think, I don't think that that would have happened. And I didn't think that it, I don't know, it was. I think it's a tricky topic to talk about because it's, like, notoriously known for this scene. The three-hour movie is known for, like, this insane, intimate long mm-hmm. lesbian sex scene mm-hmm. and there's always going to be that debate because it was a male director mm-hmm. but do you think do you think it was unnecessary long? is that what you're getting at i guess i was just like they had to do so many of them like there were a lot of them and there were 
yeah there was a lot of variation yeah like I just feel like they spent a lot of this movie naked which is fine and like is like part of the story but I I don't know it I also wonder if like maybe it was I, I don't know how often like there are like lesbian sex scenes in Korea and if maybe this was like important and a big deal I would say the latter yeah I think I don't think it is at least in, from my perspective and like from what I've seen mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah it's like anything if anything it's like taboo so like this mm-hmm. genre in itself in mm-hmm. Korean cinema mm-hmm. it was like a big deal okay yeah like my parents and like older generation either don't really like it or haven't seen it but are aware of okay is aware of the premise of the entire movie okay it's that kind of thing so okay well then that, yeah that changes everything then I don't think that's overdone it sounds like this is actually very important and that's I think me. you could argue both no no I'm not saying <laughs> that I'm, I think it's because it's such a sensitive topic mm-hmm. and it, it was just probably so foreign to people mm-hmm. like all over mm-hmm And it is such like a, it's also tough because it is so tied to the character Mm -hmm. growth and like, like so important Mm -hmm. to the characters in this movie, like every, for every character, like sex is such an important part of the movie for them and like finding their freedom through sex in different Mm -hmm. ways that it is like hard to not also have scenes like this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys are right twist my arm <laughs> you've convinced me so they have their fight again and then Hiyako goes and tries to hang herself but Suki catches her I thought that was such a good scene it was really cute very fun it's like really funny the way they're like funny <laughs> yeah she's like I'm so sorry like don't like the way she's just like holding on to her for dear life yeah yeah it's really funny too when when they tell each other then the truth uh-huh. and then uh, Toko like lets go and like, yeah, oh, and she's I, like, oh. <laughs> really, it's yeah. a very funny scene. Yeah. yeah, they nail like they just go super wide on that shot. Like the cinematography, like the DP deserves a Nobel Prize. Then they are like, now we're gonna team up. Hidako teaches her how to read. Then she shows Suki the porn library, and they destroy it together in what is maybe my favorite scene of the movie. That's my favorite scene of the movie. Really? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's my fucking phone background. Really? <laughs> it is. I, there's this one shot that I'm obsessed with when they're just like hovering over and throwing the books in the water. Oh, yeah. That's yes. the part that I love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a good scene with the, with the music and they're uh-huh. just like, fuck this. Like, it's uh-huh. like me and you and they're going to get out of here. Yeah. And like yeah. we've seen this room a bunch of times. It's a cool room. It's like tatami, but some of the tatami is like water and they're throwing all the books in the water. Yeah. I love it. They're using like the whole landscape. It's so good. Like it is just such a nice way to like take back their power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Yeah. So now we're in part three. And so she poisons the count. She escapes mm-hmm. and she reunites with Suki. And then the Count wakes up to these, like, noblemen who take him back to Uncle's house, um, where he gets tortured. In the basement, I In assume. the basement. Never yeah. forget the basement. Mm-hmm. The uncle is torturing the Count and making him describe what sex with his niece was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Very disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just locker room talk. Yeah, just know. boys being boys. <laughs> then the Count, he keeps wanting to smoke his little cigarettes. 
and it turns out that he was smoking mercury and it kills them both which was cool and he says i'm gonna die with my penis intact every man's dream (laughs) happy for him yeah that dream yeah but then Edeko disguises herself as a man they like Mm -hmm. create a passport for her Mm -hmm. and they escape Mm -hmm. and then they get to be on a cruise ship and there was this thing that got described in an earlier porn about putting bells inside of you and then getting them mm-hmm. to sort of ring. And it's supposed to be very beautiful. And I guess it is because they put bells inside of each other and uh, they did it. And then it cuts to black. Yep. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I really love this movie so much like it was told really well mm-hmm. so much happens so it much was happens. one that I'm I understand why you watched it twice in one week like I can't wait to rewatch it yeah yeah you, you guys will definitely discover more I feel like that's with any like really good also long movie like mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. after rewatching it you'll see more intricate details which is mm. yeah more I'm, exciting like, I'm excited to go and watch it knowing when the turns happen for each yeah, character because yes. um, mm-hmm. I think that'll make it really fun to watch a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. again. Jen, what are some details that you picked up in later watches? I think since when I watched it this past week, it had been a while since I watched it. I think just like the, the quick glances because of the camera movement. Mm. They're so mm-hmm. specific. Mm-hmm. And like even noticing like when the when the camera switches, like the technique from like steady cam to handheld and like the mm-hmm. glances, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And that clearly makes a difference because like you're seeing it in a different perspective. And it's like she's like gazing up and down because she's in love with her. Like uh mm-hmm. Tamiko looking at Hiriko or Suki, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I want to know more obviously about the Japanese occupation I think it would be an important thing Mm -hmm. for me to know about and this wasn't exactly an education into it but it was like kind of my first um like understanding of what its effects on Korean people was in like any kind of real way right yeah this was like I know I I would like I'm like mad I didn't educate myself on it earlier but this is like Mm -hmm. this is just the time it took place and we didn't get any actual history on it this is more like yeah. just fa- just fantasy <laughs> of like yeah. people because these are obviously fictional characters but mm-hmm. um yeah I think yeah if we were educated on the history itself before it would we would mm-hmm. have a different perspective on it in a, in a little bit or it would it would help enlighten us in a different way do you think that the story had to be told in this time frame no, because this is um, the the original story. It was like a book from like a from like Britain, I think. It's yeah, it was mm-hmm. written by a Welsh woman. It takes oh, okay. place in like yeah, it, it was like Victorian times, right? Or something yeah. like so that. So this is yeah. like kind of a deviation of it. Okay, it's an apocalypse now situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's the same for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's an adaptation of apocalypse now <laughs> yeah. the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love this movie so much um what we so we always rate it we give it out of five how many gongs that's just how much we liked it gongs and then oh yeah. God, okay and then out of five ramen how good we thought <laughs> it did representation a gong is 
how how much we liked it and then ramen is representation mm-hmm. yeah okay so just if you thought it was a good movie <clears throat> yeah and then if you thought that it did good representation oh i'm going first oh <laughs> <laughs> i mean so biased we started this whole conversation with i've seen it 10 times and this is my favorite movie i'm gonna give it like five bucks <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, bias. <laughs> I'm fucking gone. Yeah. Yeah. I would also give it five gongs. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. And I would give it five ramen for that matter. <laughs> five gongs and five ramen all around. Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. And I am always on the lookout for Emily knows this. Anytime there's an Asian person in a sex scene, mm-hmm. and especially if it's two Asian people in a sex scene, that is huge. And this had that, uh, if you can believe it. <laughs> This was a criticism we had for the movie Parasite. What did you guys give Parasite? We haven't done it yet. Oh. But it is a good movie. Yeah. Um, minus the lack of kissing. Yeah. More romance. <laughs> yeah. We wish it had been a romance. Yeah, I thought this was great representation. It just, it was cool to watch two Asian women lead a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like the cast itself is they were brilliant yeah yeah Yeah, they were all great they all had such good chemistry with each other Mm -hmm. because then as the reveals kind of like oh but it's really those two that were in love i was like yeah Mm -hmm. i buy it (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds good to me i don't know but like i feel like korean cinema right now is like like the new wave cinema that's like what since yeah like in more recent years like this was 2016 that was pretty mm-hmm. big here in the states but like mm-hmm. and then now it's like parasite and then you know like we're seeing an obvious like overdue pattern yeah mm-hmm. it is korea's time to shine <laughs> but very different genres yeah yeah from what we've seen so far i feel like there's so much more to talk about the movie but it's like it's a, it's a movie where you're just like gathering all your thoughts yeah Wait, what are your thoughts? Because so far, it's just this podcast is like a 40-minute <laughs> summary of the movie. I don't know. There's no way. Uh, I don't want to just like ramble on the, about like what I love. I about, want you to write that's about what I love about it. Why we brought you on. Yeah, but there's like a clear formula because like, we, yeah, we went, ran through it. Well, I also feel like I have questions for you guys too, just as two people who just finished watching it for the first time ever. Like, I want to know what your initial thoughts are. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> there's so I thought, yeah, there's so much within. But that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like hard to like gather your thoughts. It's like, yeah, we, yeah. we know we like it, but it's like how do we break it down? And yeah. How are we able to like articulate it? I guess it's just like so loaded. Yeah. Layer that just going the more because I really wasn't expecting. I really didn't know anything about it. I didn't know it was famous for those sex mm-hmm. scenes and so I was very surprised the whole time I was watching it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, wow. and then this happens crazy <laughs> this was a nicer because so I have seen old boy which Jenny said is part of the like revenge trilogy mm-hmm. and this movie also was like playing with a lot of themes of revenge and I was watching an interview with the director who was saying like that is just like one of the most interesting topics to him just in that like good and bad isn't very clear cut and as you can see like you're on kind of different people's sides throughout the movie right yeah I mean I think it he uses perspective in a way that is like so hard to do and it to not feel 
kind of like done before you know but mm-hmm, it's because mm-hmm. we've seen these kinds of movies where it's like oh but then we go back and we see it through somebody else's point of view but it is truly mm-hmm. like seeing it through somebody else's point of view for like Heideko's point of view it really changes like the whole movie mm-hmm. but none of it is stuff where you're like well how was I supposed to know that like all of it's there <laughs> yeah if you <laughs> do you guys ever feel bad for the count yeah when he was being tortured for sure oh really yeah I get that this was like right after he sexually assaulted Hideko so sympathy wasn't running high but I was like no one should have to get tortured in this basement that's a bummer or I guess I was like I would rather the count be torturing the uncle than the other way around Mm. like I don't the count's not the protagonist but the uncle is definitely the villain yeah I was kind of like when we were getting to that point towards the end I almost didn't believe that they were gonna escape I kind of thought mm-hmm. something bad was going to happen to them again because I feel mm-hmm. like that's just how it goes for women in movies. But they really yeah. did it. They really got out. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them was expressing themselves as a man. So maybe that was the only reason they were able to succeed. Yeah. I wish we had prepared questions for you besides mm. what's Korea like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it's fine to just talk about it organically and then you can have the... <laughs> luxury of editing it <laughs> yeah it's gonna be the best three hours of my life <laughs> what are you some of your favorite parts about watching this movie and rewatching it the specific scenes there i don't know if you guys do this too but with like your favorite movies but like certain scenes i'll just like rewatch even if it's like oh i'm kind of just in the mood to see it mm. i'll just like <laughs> revisit it and if it's like a five minute scene i'll just watch that and, I'll, and then i'm done like i got my fix yeah. like i just wanted to revisit yeah. it I do that sometimes, like, which I think is weird now that I say it out loud. <laughs> no, no, no. I do that all the time. I do that with the karaoke scene from the second Sex in the City movie, like, all the time. You know I've never seen a single episode of Sex in the City. So, like, I'm... It hurts me so much when you say that. You grew up here. <laughs> so? Is it like a rite of passage? I have to watch it? It's your culture. <laughs> the city life. It's your heritage. <laughs> is it because they never did an episode in Staten Island? Yeah. They left us out. That's lack. That's lack of representation. You're right, and that is the main thing that Sex and the City is criticized for: <laughs> yeah. is not representing Staten Island. It's there's lack of diversity. Totally. <laughs> there's this. There's like this really good um, poster artwork that features like the octopus as like the main thing. It's really cool for this poster oh. for this movie poster for this movie. Yeah, it's really pretty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'll say I was surprised to see it surprised and not surprised to see the octopus in the basement yeah that was yeah. cool because i was dying to know what was down there yeah it was scary <laughs> it was yeah it was creepy yeah. it was creepy but cool like you said yeah like, shocking okay do we have anything for our weekly segment i will Let's... say i saw um somebody driving today with a yang 2020 sticker christ i was surprised i was trying to you know pull up and I them to see like who they were to start a fight <laughs> um Jen we do a weekly segment where we talk about what Andrew Yang is up to um, oh gosh okay and uh this is our election coverage for the New York mayoral election gotcha. did either of you watch his interview on Z-Way mm-hmm. I've only seen snippets of it I've heard it's it I heard it's really good yeah yeah <sighs> oh, God. it's crazy he's like I love hip-hop and she's like great specifically 
who? And he's like, uh, Jay Z. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. And then she's like, do you think that there are good stereotypes? And he's like, well, I guess I can only talk about Asian people. <laughs> I guess some of the good stereotypes are that your parents are mean and you're good at school. And I was like, what? <laughs> How is that a good? Did he elaborate on the first one? No. He just has such energy of like, I'm in eighth grade and I know that if I like make an Asian joke, then these kids will like me. Oh, hate that energy. I hate that energy. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty much. I guess we're all moving out of New York soon. I know. We're all going (laughs) to move to Staten Island. (laughs) Well, they'll do the reboot, I think, probably. Are you going to watch the reboot? No. I would have, I would force myself to watch the original then. I can't, I can't just start a reboot. I don't don't think it's ever going to happen. I think you got to let go of that pipe dream. I'm never going to watch it. I think maybe you should move out of New York. (laughs) I don't think you've earned it. You're not a true New Yorker like me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I went to the DMV this morning and I surrendered my California driver's license. Oh yeah. You said you're getting a new one. You poser. (laughs) I had to carry one of those here for a while. No more Montana license? Yeah. Pay more. Mm. Well, one person who I will endorse for mayor is the Meg. Yeah. She's going to come on next week and we're going to talk about The Handmaiden again. It's her favorite movie. That's what she wanted to talk about. <laughs> she just couldn't make it today. Yeah, she was bummed. But at least we got Jen. Lucky you. Coming on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop recording, but don't leave. Oh, okay. Half Asian, half Asian, half hour. Half Asian, half hour. Half Asian, half hour.